today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth, and I'm here today with Merrick Rosenberg. Thanks for joining us, Merrick. Thanks for having me. Before we uh, we move forward with the, uh, with the show, let's remind our listeners about some of the uh, the great Sandler programs we have coming up. Uh, I especially want to remind them about the Business Leaders Workshop that's going to be on October 19th. That's Wednesday, October 19th, from 11:30 to 2 p.m. And that's going to be called, it is called the critical factors for growing business revenue. If you own a business and you're substantially worried about growing revenue, this is going to be a great program for you. Uh, if you call in on uh, 513-646-6523, tell us that you heard about the, the, pro, the business leaders workshop on the radio show. We're going to waive the $29 registration fee. Okay, and uh, next week at Sandler, we have a great class on uh, Monday the 11th. We're doing the foundations class on identifying the reasons for doing business, also called the pain class. And on Thursday the 13th, we're going to be doing a great class called Breaking Through Your Comfort Zone. Okay, so now let me tell everyone about uh, Hugh Merrick. And uh, Merrick Rosenberg is our guest today. He he is the co co-founder of Team Builders Plus in 1991, and in 2012, he wrote or co-wrote uh, a book on the DISC theory called Taking Flight. He is the author of a new book called The Chameleon, and uh, these two books uh, are about personality styles, and we're going to talk about how personality styles uh, affect our work environment. Uh, under Merrick's leadership, uh, as the CEO of Taking Flight Learning, his company has been selected as the New Jersey Business of the Year, and he's been named as one of the fastest-growing companies and best places to work in the Philadelphia area. Frankly, I didn't know there was any good place to work in Philadelphia, America. But uh, <laughs> isn't that the place that that, uh, that you want a free free vacation to as as the booby prize? I don't know, Philadelphia. Uh, Merrick, Merrick received his MBA from Drexel. Uh, and he, he has been recognized as an Alumni Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh, Merrick has worked with more than uh, half of the Fortune 100 companies. That's a pretty good accomplishment and, and in the U.S. and around the world. Uh, so, Merrick, uh, when did you first start working with the DISC theory? Well, I started using the DISC styles back in 1994. I had started a team building company a couple years earlier, and it was really at the birth of team building. In fact, most people didn't even know what team building was at that point. Uh, and a couple years later, I discovered that, you know, it's these personalities that are really creating team dynamics. And so I was introduced to the DISC styles, and I thought, you know, these really are important for people to, uh, to, to know. They have to understand themselves. They have to understand their team members. Uh, and then from that point, it just grew from there and uh, ultimately turned into, turned into a few books. Mm-hmm. Have you written more than two books? No, no, those are the two, Taking Flight and The Chameleon, trying to uh, teach the disc styles in a way that are, what I always say, is very accessible, very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for our, our listeners' purposes, uh, roughly how long does it take you to write a book? Uh, it takes about nine months, nine months to a year. I, I have a good friend of mine who, who perhaps gave me the best advice of all. Uh, she's an author, and she said, you know, it takes two people to write a book. 
one person to write it and one person to tell you to stop writing it. And uh, I think that was sage wisdom. You could spend the rest of your life trying to just refine it and, and, and make it better. And at some point, you just have to say, it is done, and you release it to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a, a show in the, in the queue with a, an author who has got a methodology, he says, where you can write a book in eight hours. Uh, so I'm anxious to get that one on the air. I'd love uh, to learn that. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll have to stay alert, Merrick, uh, uh, as to what week we're going to get it on, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to get it on before the uh, beginning of the year. Uh, you, you wrote a great book uh, uh, with the uh, the bird book on uh, taking flight, and uh, around here in the Sandler world, I, feel, I thought it was kind of a, a tremendous sensation. Uh, what, what made oh, you thank decide you. to... To, to write a, a second book uh, called The Chameleon because it have well, birds in the title. Yeah, well, the, the first book is really introducing people to the four styles. Uh, most people have learned DISC or some other type of uh, personality assessment. And for me, I wanted to link it to, I linked it to four birds. So instead of saying the D style, which is dominant, I linked it to the eagle because they're direct and they're driven and results oriented. And parrots are the I, which is the interacting or influencing style. And parrots are fun and social. And mm-hmm. doves are soft-spoken. That's the steadiness or supportive style. They're harmonious. Doves want everyone to get along. And then you've got owls who are the conscientious C style. They're logical and analytical. And, you know, just the fact that I'd have to explain that, okay, let me tell you what the D is, uh, it tells you why I wanted to write a book with birds. Because the birds, it, when, you, when I say to you, picture an eagle, what comes to mind, immediately people picture someone who's confident. And, you know, I say to you the word D, like what does the letter D stand for? Many people don't really remember it. And so I wanted to write a book that would teach people about the personality styles in a way that was just simple to understand. They could see themselves in the characters in the book. But the first book was really just, let me introduce you to the four birds. Uh, the next book is uh, The Chameleon. The Chameleon is, of course, the all-knowing guru of personality, understands all four styles. I, I wanted to write the next one because it, this book is 22 small fables. The first book was like writing a movie. It was like one long story and then teaching you about the four styles. This one has 22. It was like 22 fables. It was like writing a season of a sitcom. And Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to take the disc styles to another place. So each of those fables, while the first one is a reminder of let me reintroduce the four birds to you, the remaining fables teach you a different lesson about the personalities and how to apply it in your life. And I thought that was, that was key. It's like, all right, once you got it, now you got the birds. Now let's. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, in the first book, I thought the first half or two thirds of the book was the, uh, the story, which I then I got the, uh, the villain wrong. Uh, and <laughs> the, uh, the last third of the book was the explanation of what uh, the, styles were that were illustrated in the story. In fact, I, uh, I always recommend to people go back to the beginning of the book after you finish and read that first two thirds again, because then you'll understand the story. You'll see the matching of the styles um, that uh, really made a lot of sense. Uh, for our listeners, if you have questions from Eric, uh, our call in line is open at 646-595-4916. Will be able to screen your questions during the uh, commercial breaks. Uh, Merrick, uh, in the new book, The Chameleon, uh, you know, naturally, I think everyone knows chameleons can change colors. Uh, I'm just looking at the uh, the chameleon on the cover, the four birds, and the chameleon is leaning on a cane. Is there any reason <laughs> for the cane? You know, I wanted to convey the wisdom that comes with age, uh, and so he's. It's kind of that. Uh, that Yoda-like character of, of you know, or, or you think of like Rafiki from The Lion King. They just, they have been around for a long time and they've accumulated a, a, a wealth of wisdom in their lives. So it just symbolizes just, uh, that's what the chameleon is. It's somebody who's learned a lot. They get the four styles. They know how to be flexible and adapt. They know how to communicate to all people. And, and, uh, and that's, why, that's why he's holding a cane, to embody that energy. Uh, okay. And uh, in the book, you have a uh, a young learning chameleon. Yes, his apprentice. 
He's, mm-hmm. he's, you get to travel through the forest over the course of four seasons where uh, each one of these fables teaches a different lesson about personality. Uh, and the, the Xenia, who is our star wisdom giver, has a young apprentice, and so she's teaching him as they travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there uh, a, a single fable in the book that was your favorite? Oh, that's a great question. You know, it's like having a baby, right? As you write each one, the next one is like you, you look at it and go, oh, I love this one. You know, it's, it's just an amazing experience. I, I really loved, uh, there's, this, there's this one fable, and I think I love it because it just reminds me of my wife and I, which is uh, this idea that uh, there, there's an owl and a parrot, and, uh, and, and something has happened to the forest, and all of the sparrows' nests. Have, have been destroyed and 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 so the they decide they're going to rebuild all of the nests the sparrows throughout the forest and so this owl and dove or the, sorry this owl and parrot they team up to do it and so of course they get these kits that are designed to rebuild all of these these nests and the owl mm-hmm. is taking every single piece of of the nest kit out and taking inventory before before beginning and lining everything up and inspecting every part and the parrot's just like let's go let's just let's just yeah. build it and, and you just get this following right? all of the instructions one by one can you see that can you and, see that in real life like the the parrot's just like just start forget about instructions just start building it and we'll figure it out as we go and they're just driving each other crazy but they just have fundamentally different needs and and they don't really understand each other at first but the reality is they both bring something you know the that owl brings a level of structure and, and process, and the parrot brings spontaneity. And so, uh, it's, you've got to you've got to recognize that that each of us really brings something else to the to the mix. And and having that acceptance of each other instead of just getting annoyed by each other, I, I, that one just really resonated with. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have seen the the two nests, one designed uh, built by the owl in charge, and uh, the <laughs> one that's compliant with the rules and the second nest that the uh, parent was in charge where we just slapped the thing together. <laughs> well, I think, the, I think that's right. I think the thing is that the owl built one, the parrot built like six of them, right? It's a, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, you know, yeah, it's perfect. But from the parrot perspective, but look how many I just built. And then from, of course, the owl perspective, yeah, but look what you built. So right. it's, right. <laughs> they each bring something. Again, if you have any questions from Eric, uh, we'll be available screen calls at 646-595-4916. Let's listen to a, a couple of Sandler commercials here. This is a message for professional salespeople. It's an unusual message. I'm going to tell you that our product is expensive and difficult. It takes effort to use, and it's not for everyone. We provide difficult but effective sales training. It's the kind of training familiar to champion athletes. It builds winners in the world of business. We don't promise quick fixes or color brochures, only hard work that will teach you how to sell effectively even when your price is higher. If you're tired of hearing, I want to think it over. If you're finally ready to invest in yourself and your sales career and learn how to close more business faster, call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, and we'll invite you to our next Lunch and Learn Sales Discovery Workshop on February 5th at either 8 a.m. or 1 p.m., 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, Merrick Rosenberg. Uh, Merrick, before we go on, I'm going to uh, take everyone through a Sandler tactic, which is a a new feature on the show. And uh, 
maybe you can tell our, our listeners after you hear it, uh, what do you think of uh, our salesman Bob's uh, style? Today's tactic is entitled No Mutual Mystification. Uh, here's the story. Bob finished the presentation, turning off his uh, projector and turned on the lights. The prospect was broadly smiling. Bob knew this one was a done deal. A piece of cake, he thought. Then he said, your, the prospect said, uh, your presentation was excellent. Good job. Bob said, thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed the opportunity to show you what my company can do for you. The prospect said, with the presentation that I just saw, I'm sure anyone would have been impressed. And Bob asked, are you impressed enough to go ahead with the order? The prospect said, to be truthful, I'd really like to get something together with some of my uh, folks back at the plant. Bob said, I can understand. Prospect says, uh, if we do that, I think we might be able to do some business. And then he added with a chuckle, uh, of course, you don't want the business, do you? And Bob grinned back, I'll do all the business you want. Good, Prospect said, uh, give me a call sometime towards the end of next week, and uh, that'll give me a chance to digest some of the good stuff I've seen here today. Uh, is that okay with you? Bob said, sure. Uh, I know we have a lot to offer for you at a very competitive pricing structure. That's really good to know, the prospect said. We'll be, we'll, we'll be in touch with a wave. The prospect left the office. Bob sat down at his desk and filled out the prospect contact sheet where he, he asked whether, where it asked whether or not the sale would close this month. Bob carefully wrote down, definitely yes. Three months later, Bob changed the information in his CRM system to a competitor sold. Okay, the result, uh, does Bob or the prospect in the above dialogue have any real idea of what the other one was talking about, or are they both just filling up with time with meaningless phrases uh, that sound like substance? Uh, this is mutual mystification. It usually passes for progress for the prospect. Uh, taking a little deeper look into it, uh, mutual mystification happens all the time. For the vast majority of people are concerned convinced that they know exactly what someone meant when, uh, for example, in our story, the prospect stated your presentation was excellent. Uh, we don't know exactly what that meant. Does it mean that Bob has an eloquent speaking voice, that the PowerPoint slides were uh, colorful and well laid out, e easily legible, that the printed material was readable? Uh, the statement is absolutely meaningless unless one additional step is taken. Uh, Bob should have said, thank you, when the prospect said, your presentation was excellent. But he should have added, by excellent, exactly what do you mean? If that happened, the prospect would have been forced to eliminate the mystery and define exactly what he meant as excellent. Prospects and salespeople are usually comfortable with mutual mystification because the prospect never has to commit to anything, and salespeople get to assume anything they want. Most sales calls consist entirely of mutual mystification because the prospect expects, expects it and is comfortable with it. Salespeople play their part by supplying media statements. In the end, uh, both parties come to the conclusion uh, with no commitments to do anything that both parties get to feel good. Let me suggest a different approach. Eliminating mutual mystification is extremely simple. Go through the, listen to the story again uh, and see if there's anything the prospect said or Bob said that really means anything. Instead of responding the way Bob did to the questions, do you think asking an additional question could have clarified the situation? If you uh, are brave enough to tape your own interactions with prospects and then go back and listen to the recording, jotting down all the statements that you or your prospect made that sound good and meant nothing, you'll realize how much mutual mystification your sales call really had. Here's a thought. If you think that you know what someone said, you really don't know until you ask them. So, having heard that, Merrick, here's a tough question. What, or maybe it's an easy question for you, what was Bob's communication style? Oh, I think that's an easy one. I think, you know, what happens for parrots is that parrots mm -hmm. get incredibly optimistic, as I think Bob did. And mm -hmm. what he, you know, you look back at what he, he, first of all, the fact that he said, I was thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it, right? You know, a parrot, thoroughly enjoys giving the presentation. They revel in just the presentation itself. Uh, an owl would ask a lot of questions. They would ask, mm -hmm. okay, by the way, what do you mean? Uh, you know, what, what do you mean by excellent? They wouldn't just let it stand. 
the parrot, however, just wants to enjoy the process. And, and so they would never ask, you know, they would never make that statement. Like, I really enjoyed it. They would say, you know, I hope that provided you with the information you were looking for. So I'm going to I'm going to have to say he is the parrot who did not ask enough questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I felt that, that I was uh, on a sales call with two C's, uh, S's, two, two steady relators who didn't want to rock the boat by asking questions to find the real truth. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that that dove energy, too. But uh, I, I think doves are are very concerned they, with with are you happy? Did you get your needs met? And and we didn't I didn't hear any of that at the end. Like, I, I just want to make sure you have everything you need. Is there anything else I can provide for you? Is there anything else I can tell you? Doves are very concerned with that. And, and uh, in this case, I felt more parrot energy like great. Excellent. I enjoyed it. Glad you got what you need. Comes back, writes down definitely yes. You know, doves don't write down definitely yes. Yes, they would probably write down yes or hopefully. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> the parrot is wrote definitely right? Right. When he wrote definitely yes, uh, I was seeing the eagle write that down. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. E eagles are confident. That's definitely true. I mean, without a doubt, an eagle has an inner belief. But I, I think an eagle would have perhaps been even more assertive there at the end and tried to maybe tried to push for the clothes a little more, which would have probably pushed them away and not really served the, serve them very well. Mm -hmm. and, and clearly this, this uh, sales presentation was not done. Uh, by a Sandler professional because Sandler professional would have followed the rule that presentations are only done for close. This one right. seems to be done for the presentation. Uh, so let's, uh, let's move on and uh, let's talk about uh, the naming convention that you have in the book. Uh, you've named the uh, Alid, Eagle, uh, Dove, Parrot, and Owl. Why did you uh, choose the name, uh, the characters, the way you did it? So it, when you look at the names of the characters, uh, what you would find is that, uh, you know, there, there is obviously this DISC model that has been around for a long time, uh, which is D-I-S-C. I, I I, I've worked with about 25,000 people running DISC training, and I, I use the, the letters for almost 20 years before I switched over to the birds because I just found that the birds were intuitive. Uh, they were easy for people to remember. Uh, but even though I was using the birds, I wanted the characters to honor the place where this, where this book was born out of. So the eagle's name is D, D-E-E, since she's uh, based off the letter D. The, the parrot's name, since the parrots are the eyes, uh, in the chameleon, the parrot is ivory. Uh, Simon, mm -hmm. with the S style, of course, is the dove, and the Carl is the C. So kind of hearkening back to the disc styles without um, blatantly calling them D-I-S-C, but respecting that, you know, they, the disc styles have been around a long time. They, William Marston first used the letters back in 1928, so millions of people have taken assessments over the years, and uh, uh, it's, it's helped so many people, so I thought I would kind of sneak it in there uh, a little bit subtly so that people can see I, still I like the way you snuck it in with the, with the names of the uh, the four birds and uh, the first time I read it I didn't even realize that that's what you were doing uh, it made a lot of sense uh, you, you've also snuck into the book uh, something that you call chameleon wisdom and uh, yes what was the purpose it, it, that you put there well, each of the chapters, so each chapter teaches a, a different principle of the personality styles. So you, you or each fable. So you go through the story, for example, there's one story called, and it's about the fact that opposites attract. Uh, and so you get to see the lesson of opposites attract in the fable. But following each of the fables is what I called chameleon wisdom. And this is where I talk about, okay, now you've read the fable, you've learned the lesson. Now let's talk about how do you apply that fable in your life? So how do you apply it as a manager, the sales? How do you apply it as a parent or a spouse? Uh, and, and I wanted people to really understand that that lesson that they draw can be really applied in so many places. You know, just take like what the one of the lessons opposite the track. Well, there's this idea that you know, it's interesting. We tend to be drawn in our personal relationships to people who are very different from us. But the challenge is during good times and happy times, the fact that we're different, it's like, wow, look what you can do. Look what you bring to the relationship. 
But during mm-hmm. stressful times or at work, high volume periods or when you have, uh, you know, the money isn't flowing and you have some challenges and there's stress, opposites don't attract. They actually repel. And during extreme stress, oppos- opposites can actually attack. And I wanted people to really understand that that same person who is so different from you and you are drawn to them because of their difference, that sometimes that actually can create stress and conflict. And so that mm-hmm. chameleon wisdom section is designed to show you how to apply it in all aspects of your life, not just uh, in the forest with the birds, but how do you really apply it throughout uh, your personal and professional world? So we're going to be taking a commercial break here. We're going to listen to Sam Rule number 14. Uh, again, you can call in with questions uh, at 646-595-4916. Now let's listen to Sam Rule number 14. Hi, I'm Bob Sinton of Sandler Training. I'm here today to talk to you about rule number 14. A prospect who is listening is no prospect at all. You may have heard this before, but Dave Sandler told me a long time ago that you should follow the rule called 70-30 rule, where the client talks or the prospect talks 70% of the time and you, the salesperson, talk 30% of the time. Most salespeople I run into in my 30 years of doing this understand that. The problem with it is how do you go about doing it? Well, most if not all salespeople know their features and benefits and the, uh, the power of what their company can provide clients. Um, so it's easy for them to uh, explain their features and benefits to a client. The problem with that is it doesn't necessarily elicit responses from a client. So what we have to train ourselves to do to be more successful and more professional is take your features and benefits and phrase it and structure it in such a way where it actually elicits a conversational response from your client. For example, a feature and benefit your company may, may uh, include uh, you can reduce expenses and, and save them some overhead and, and save your clients some money in the uh, long term or short term. Well, a lot of people can say that. That's on your website. It's on your brochure. A more effective way is to say, hey, Ed, can I ask you a question? Uh, what we've done with companies and individuals like yourself is help save them money with some software that helps them reduce expenses, uh, get rid of waste, and adds more money to their bottom line. Uh, do you have anything like that happening here? And if so, can you tell me a little bit about it? Um, what that question does is it obviously elicits initially a yes or no response, but then it quickly goes down the tunnel of what I like calling a conversational uh, dialogue, if you will, between salesperson and client, and you find yourself talking only 30% of the time, and the client ends up talking 70% of the time, and that creates a, a more of a win-win relationship. And that's Sandler rule number 14, a prospect who is listening is no prospect at all. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, Merrick Rosenberg. Merrick, why don't you uh, tell our listeners how they can contact you and uh, get a hold of a copy of the book? Sure. You can uh, you can check out what we're doing in terms of bringing these styles to the world uh, at takeflightlearning.com. So you can reach me there. Uh, and also the book is available on Amazon and it's in Kindle as well as paperback. So you can pick one up today. And uh, we were talking before the show about uh, the audiobook version. Uh, can you give our listeners some guesstimate, rough guesstimate of uh, when that might be available? Yeah, hopefully by uh, by the end of this year, we will have the audio of uh, of the chameleon as well. So having a fantastic reading of uh, of the fables, and then uh, I'll be reading the chameleon wisdom section. So uh, yeah, that's that great. will be coming up soon. It's amazing how many salespeople uh, like to read to listen to business books in audio format because they have so much uh, windshield time. That's right. That's what I do. I, I even as an author, I I have to admit, I, I spend I read most of my books uh, as I'm listening to them. I, it mm-hmm. allows me to get through a lot of books over the course of a year. Yeah, so the, the only issue with that, and maybe it's a it's an advantage, is when you're listening to a really good book. I've listened to the same book five times and get something out of it each time. Uh, so now we're going to go to chameleon wisdom. Uh, I love this one from uh, uh, George Carlin. Uh, Everyone driving slower than you is an idiot. Everyone driving faster than you is a maniac. <laughs> That's right. 
So we, we believe our way is the right way. And, and that's, that's in a sense is the, that one particular quote is, quote is a great one to, uh, to mention because it's in a sense is the underlying theme of the whole book. It's that we impose our style on others. We impose our perspective on others. We think, well, this works for me. It should work for you. And, and this is the problem uh, in sales is that, you know, sales folks often impose their own personality style on their prospects. Uh, they feel like, hey, I need all the detail. I'm going to give you all the detail. Or energy and enthusiasm would excite me if I were a customer, so I'm going to come in as a parrot. But what if you're dealing with an owl? So that George Carlin quote is a great one because it really captures that idea that we need to not impose our our style on the people around us and to our customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I think of this uh, one prospect I had that uh, was slow and methodical. And uh, it took me three sales calls to close them. And there were multiple hours each call. Absolutely drove me crazy. <laughs> As an uh-huh. eagle, right? Eagles are like, let's right. just do it. Let's go. Right. And, and the dove right. wants to feel comfortable. They, they want to take their time. They want to feel like I'm, I'm making the right decision. I'm not going to regret this. I want to make sure I run it by everybody else and everyone else is comfortable. I don't want other people to be stressed, people to be I happy. I thought he was a high, a high C and he had to cross every... T dot every I or letter small J uh, <laughs> and, and the, 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 the methodical uhness of it uh, just kind of uh, drove me nuts. <laughs> right. Well, is there probably actually a combination of that owl and dove? Doves are very methodical. They're very step by step, whereas the owls are very detail oriented. So when you combine that dove and owl energy, you get someone who is going to take their time slowly walk through the process, make sure they're making a good decision. And, if, and imagine an, if you experience an eagle or a parrot selling that person, they could push them away potentially by driving too hard and trying to close too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, let's, let's deal for a second in a, a sandler sense. What do you do when you, when you, you have a, a high D selling to a high D, one eagle selling to another eagle. Yeah, well, you know what? Sometimes when you have people who are who think like we do, uh, you know, the, the benefit of that is that you speak their language. So being assertive, being direct, uh, you probably don't need to provide a ton of detail. You got to jump. They know mm-hmm. that they can go right to the bottom line. Uh, they can ask hard questions and the eagles will answer the, answer the hard question. There's no, uh, you know, mystification there, right? It's, it's, you know what, let's ask the eagle. They'll tell you their concern. Uh, so in some ways, it's actually, uh, it's not a challenge. The, the, the biggest concern I have when you have eagles selling to an eagle is you just have to make sure you don't step on their power, right? You don't want to take their power away. You don't want them to feel like uh, you're driving the process. You want them to feel like they are in control of this process. Mm-hmm. We uh, one of my favorite sales calls is when you have an eye, high eye, selling to another high eye. All right. So you got two parrots, right? Two exactly. parrots. Lots of stories. Oh, they're loving it. Oh yeah. It's it's the most fun sales call ever. But the problem is, you know, I, I always joke. I say, look, you send you send a parrot out to a sales call and they meet another parrot, so, and and they come back and you say, so how'd it go? And the parrot says, it was fantastic. It was awesome. They loved it. Well, you, you think they loved it because you got a lot of positive feedback, but you don't really know. You don't really know if they loved it. And the next day, you send that parrot out and they go meet the club owl. You know, that's that, they meet those C's, that conscientious style. They come back and they say, well, how'd it go? And the, parrot, and the parrot's like, I don't know. I have no idea. You know, you could, they ask me a lot of questions. I don't know if they liked it. I'm not sure what that means. And so yeah. sometimes with the parrot, you may walk out and feel like it went fantastic and yet the reality is that you just don't know if that's the case mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever get the feeling that certain uh, business occupations are predominated by one or another style uh, absolutely I, I I led a session uh, a couple months back and it was with there were uh, 80 accountants in the room so Uh-oh. the question is how many parrots do you think we're in that room? What do you think? Parrots? Zero. Yeah. Actually, one. And you're talking one. to him. <laughs> that was it. I didn't know not you, one you were parrot. an accountant. Okay. Not, yeah. not one <laughs> parrot. I, I, I would have expected right. to see, uh, you know, 30 calls, uh, the owl. 
exactly right. There were a room full of owls. And that's the thing is that certain people are drawn to certain professions. Uh, and it's, it's not that that organization screened out all the parrot accountants. It's that not a lot of parrot, parrots go into accounting. And that's true. You know, you see that a lot for, um, you know, for IT and engineering and finance. You'll, you'll tend to find a lot of owls because it's a very logical, detail-oriented job. So absolutely. And then you talk to, then you talk to the HR people. Uh, I suspect that you're going to be talking to a lot of uh, S's. Yeah, it, it's exactly. It's those doves and you also are, t- and a lot of parrots too. It's a lot of doves and parrots. It's the S's and the I's because the, those two styles are people oriented. And, and think about it, human resources. Of course, it's going to draw people or people oriented. I, I had a session not that long ago and there were like a dozen people in the room. It was the entire HR department and it was an entire room of parrots and doves. But there was one owl in the group. And I turned to her and I said, so you're comp and benefits? And she said, how do you know? Yes, I am. And I was like, well, because parrots and doves aren't doing comp and benefits. <laughs> and it was exactly right. Even within HR, certain people are drawn to certain aspects of that world because of their style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see, I could see that uh, completely. Um, you know, pick, picture a nurse, for example, right? If you think nursing, right? If mm-hmm. you go look at nurses, you do find a lot of, of owls and doves because they're very step-by-step, but they're very harmonious. They want to help people. But go to the emergency room, and that's where you find your eagle nurses because that's, mm-hmm. those are the nurses that are comfortable with ambiguity, with I, I'm going to do things to this patient, and I haven't even gotten test results back. So, so our style mm-hmm. plays out in everything we do. It drives where we our careers. It drives what we like to do, what we enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the docs in the emergency room, I, get, I think a lot of them are ter- terribly high Ds. They are, because you have, think, the D, once again, you got that eagle style who likes the fact that I'm going to go into work today, and I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm going to kick into gear because when there's a crisis, eagles kick into gear. They, it's not that they like a crisis, but they're energized by it. And so it's not that they're seeking a crisis, I should say, but, but they, they, they're fed by that energy of, all right, let's go. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Now, imagine an owl in an emergency room where uh, you're going to actually have to do something to a patient and you have no test results. You haven't gotten the lab back yet. You don't know what's going on, but yet you have a patient right here that needs you to act. Well, eagles are comfortable with that, whereas the owl may not be so comfortable. You probably are going to find them in a different part of the hospital. Yeah. Right. (laughs) patient may die while they're running tests. (laughs) Exactly. That's a a terrible thing. Uh, While we're speaking of tests, uh, the uh, the extended disc that we we offer here at Sandler, uh, how many years do you think it's valid for before people begin to change it, or are the results lifetime? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, when I was first taught is way back in 94, how to use the disc styles, how to teach the, the profile and how to teach people to understand themselves. At that time, people said to me, look, personality is personality or you, you are who you are. You're wired for it and you don't really change. And I got to tell you, I have just as many people who have said to me, I am so different today than I was 10 years ago. So I, I think, you know, here's what happens At, slowly over time life circumstances or the role that we're in can change our style. So if you were to take it today and take it six months from now, it's, this gonna, it's gonna be the same, same profile. But let's, let's look at a bigger time horizon. Let's say you've got somebody, they graduated from college, they're an owl eagle. So their, their C is the highest point, their D is their second highest point. And, and they go into accounting, so I'll continue that example. And now, and because they loved it, they loved burying themselves in the data. So now fast forward 20 years later in their career, now they're the CFO of a 200 person company. Well, probably that eagle style has gone up while that owl has gone down. They're bigger picture now. They're strategic. They're looking at cash flow and finances and how they're spending their money as opposed to looking at receipts. And so mm-hmm. the job you're in can change your style over time. And, and, and it, over a short period of time, six to 12 months, it's, it's unlikely you're going to see some big changes. But in a couple of years, you could take it again and actually see that their style has changed, probably because the job has changed, the role has changed, maybe the circumstances they're working in. Maybe they're in a different company and the culture is different, so they need to display different behaviors, and that's pulling those styles out. But it definitely does change over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'll to, to our listeners, uh, if you have any questions for Merrick, this will be the last opportunity to call in uh, 646-595-4916. And uh, 
We'll be listening to a couple of uh, Sandler commercials here. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Finding power and reinforcement is what it's all about. Today, I want to tell you about the ways that our clients have found to fix their companies and lives. Earn more money. I'm not for everyone. I'm expensive, tough, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want to have great financial results, we need to talk. Albert Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. If you're serious, dedicated to getting better, and want to earn more money by selling more to balance your budget, we need to talk. Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-753-9400, extension 102. Tell me your toughest business problems. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513-753-9400, extension 102. On the web at rothconsulting.net. When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one- or two-day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth & Associates, I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. On the web at rothconsulting.net. Finding power. In reinforcement. This is Mike Roth back with uh, Merrick Rosenberg. So Merrick, you heard a, uh, a pieces of the last couple of commercials based on the style that you heard in the commercial. How would you peg me, D, I, S, or C? Oh, I'm going to have to go with that D style, which is the eagle, right? Because you, you you said words like I'm tough, right? That's a that is an eagle. An eagle style, and eagles are. They bring that toughness. They're they can be assertive. They take charge. So uh, what do you think? You've taken the disc assessment. That accurate? More than a couple of times, yeah. Uh, extreme high D. Uh, but we're going to go back and talk a little bit more about the book uh, for a couple of minutes. Uh, one of the things I particularly loved was the, uh, the map of the uh, chameleon's home range. Uh, that, that seemed to be a great idea. Well, they they exist in a world, right? It's like when you when you're creating a story like uh, it, like the chameleon, like these, all these different stories. They live in a world and. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to create a place that people could look at and see, like, here's, here's where these birds inhabit. And then it, as you think about their world, it gets you to think about your own. You know, as you think about their experiences and their challenges and their communication breakdowns, it gets you realizing, well, they're, they may be living in a forest and they're birds, but what they are experiencing, exactly what I experience as a manager, as a salesperson, as a, as a spouse or a parent. So... I wanted people to really relate to it and, and feel connected to it. Mm-hmm. And as I read through the book, uh, I noticed you used four seasons of the year. Uh, what was the uh, the idea behind doing that? Summer, you know, fall, I, winter, I, spring. Right. I wanted them to be able to feel the passage of time in the sense that some of those stories are, you know, it's almost like they're maturing. They're going through. Uh, their own rebirth as they, they go through this process. And it, it, it starts off in spring because now they're starting to learn something new. Uh, and then it ends back at, at spring again. And it's almost like when you go around that circle, uh, uh, it's like uh, you're, now, you're now a different person once you come back to that same place again because of the experiences you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to read again a piece of chameleon wisdom that really struck me when I was, as I was going through the book. This one is by uh, Marcus Buckingham and Donald uh, Paul Clifton. Weakness is damage control, but it's not development. And damage control can pre- prevent failure, but it will never elevate you to excellence. Yeah, uh, they're talking right? about weakness fixing, right? You, right? you can spend all your time trying to fix your weaknesses, but the reality is you've got to focus on your strengths and that, uh, you know, I, I talk about this idea that you don't need to 
be the master of all four styles, but you need to be able to tap into them when you need them. And there's probably one of them that is hard for you. And whichever is the one that's the hardest for you to display those behaviors, it probably gets you in trouble every now and then. So the idea there is that, you know, you've got to get your weaknesses to a place that you can at least display those behaviors. For example, if, uh, if, you're, if you can't turn on parrot-style enthusiasm and passion, there's going to be times where that's going to be a problem. And so mm-hmm. at the very least, you need to, be get, you need to get comfortable with, with your weaknesses. You've got to get comfortable with displaying all four styles. But I would say focus on your strengths. That's where your greatest growth opportunity mm-hmm. And throughout the book, you, you put in a, a section at, at the end of most of the chapters called tips. Uh, and uh, some of them were just... Uh, You know, I think there's one that I love for the owls, which is uh, there's this idea that owls are uh, they can at an extreme can become the perfectionist. They can get stuck because they can't make a decision. They they get stuck in place because it has to be so perfect before they will release what they've created to the world. And so I, I love the idea for the owls, which is this idea of seeking excellence, not perfection. That excellence mm-hmm. is achievable, but perfection may never be achieved. And there has to come a time when you're, you're ready to say, okay, it's done. And so I tried to fill the book with just tips for each of the styles and just and overall tips for dealing with people of different personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, let's uh, uh, forget the birds in the book for a second. I know we don't have a lot of time, but if you watch some of these TV shows like The Big Bang Theory, which has been on for many years... <laughs> Uh, Sheldon, who is the uh, scientist. Oh, yeah. He, he's definitely got a lot of owl in him. But, you know, they're all scientists mm-hmm. to a degree, in a sense, and, and they're not all owls, right? That's, that's what makes it interesting, no. doesn't it? Right? You look, at, mm-hmm. you look at Raj, probably more of a dove, where Howard is uh, more of the parrot, uh, you know, and you've got Sheldon, who's more of the owl, and you've got, you know, it's like, it's interesting, right? You look at Bernadette, who's small, heat you know, wife of, of Howard, who is just in control. She is the eagle, which is what makes eagle it funny, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the smallest one is they fear her, is, is in control. And that's, that's I think, it's that dynamic, the mix of all their styles, which is what makes it fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And when we take this over to a, a selling environment, uh, can you give our, our listeners a, a tip of how to adjust from their style position the style position of their prospect. Sure. You know, I, I, what I always tell sales folks is that when your style is different from the person you're selling to, one of you is going to walk out of that interaction exhausted and it better be you. So the first step is you have to understand your own style because the reality is if you don't understand yourself, you're likely to impose your style on others. So step one, you've got to understand your own style so you don't impose it. Step two you've got to be able to read the person you're communicating with and read the style of the prospect. And if I know myself and I can recognize your style, the third step is to flex. And so the key really is recognizing that each one of the styles from a sales perspective have different needs. Eagles want the bottom line results. They just want to know what you're going to do for them, how it's going to work, and make it fast. Parrots want to be excited about it, provide energy, excitement, passion. Doves want to be reassured. They want to know that this is a good decision, that they're making the right choice. And owls need all the details. So if you can recognize your own style, you can read theirs, then you can flex. But like I said, if, you, if you're different, one of you has gone to flex, and it's got to be you. As a- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, putting together the book, you didn't actually study the styles of birds as birds, did you? <laughs> no, it's, it's not. And, you know, the, here's the thing. It's not really about birds. It's about us. It's about people. Uh, the, when, you, when you see the four birds, I always say, you know, ornithology is the study of birds. This is like being a personality ornithologist. Uh, the bird is the, the eagle is the symbol of the D style. Uh, it's not about a real bird. It's a real eagle. It's about you. It's about seeing yourself in the characters. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at the cover of the book on, on the back cover, there's a picture of you with a parrot on your shoulder. That there is. The way that you're... With bigger an eye, is it a real parrot? 
not only is it a real parrot, and I am a parrot, that is my parrot. <laughs> His name is Merlin, and, uh, and he is my eclectus parrot, which I think speaks to the fact that I indeed am a parrot style, and I surround myself with not only parrots in the personality world, but real parrots as well. Mm-hmm. So you have your own company. How many people do you have in your company, Mary? So there are 15 people in my organization. Uh, we also have people certified around the country. So we certify folks to uh, deliver our, our disc session using the birds. So we have a whole certification mm-hmm. process, uh, both internally, who are trainers inside companies and also consultants, so they can learn how to, uh, how to use the four styles and, and implement them throughout their business. So I kind of ask you the, our leadership question, which we do in most of our shows. If you were to give other company leaders who happen to be eyes like yourself, a leadership tip, what would that be? Well, I think the, the most important thing for leaders today is to recognize, you know, there's this line I love, which is culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I think leaders need to understand that every companies have strategies, but it's the ones that truly create a great culture that are going to really win. And what I would say is for leaders, you have to be careful that you don't impose your cultural needs on your people. You know, parrots, for example, are likely to create a very high energy, high morale, engaging environment. But what if that parrot is managing an entire group of owls? Those owls may feel like this unstructured and they're not getting their needs met. So I would challenge every style to think about the culture as every leader to think about the culture that you're creating for your people. And are you creating a culture in which you will thrive or are you creating a culture in which your people will thrive? That's a great idea. Great idea. And and how many uh, trainers around the country do you have that are certified? Uh, We have over a hundred trainers that are certified around the country. So it gives us the ability to deliver disc training and, uh, and teach people about the styles uh, wherever they are. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've been running certifications uh, around the U.S., and uh, now we're also uh, picking up uh, folks around the world who are, are introducing the birds to people. So uh, taking flight is in seven languages, and uh, the chameleon will, will be in new languages as well. Great. Uh, any last thoughts, Merrick, before we uh, wrap up the show? Yeah, I would just challenge people to really think about not only what is your style, but how are you affecting the people in your business and the people in your life, you know, to really think about, uh, are you treating them way them the way you like to be treated? Are you treating them the way they need? Uh, if you are a salesperson and you want to sell, you've got to flex, you've got to adapt to the people or else you'll lose the sale. And quite frankly, you'll look back and you'll, you'll, you'll wonder what went wrong. And, and it may in fact be that your style just didn't connect. Great. Thanks for joining us today, Merrick. And uh, Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.